The new Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of the new Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. Hey, it's Andy Bark here and welcome back to the new grad physio podcast. I am your host and I'm this week going to talk through, I guess, three things that university did not teach you about lower back pain. So if you've already qualified, if you've bounced out of uni and graduated, you're working in a clinic, a sports club, um, the NHS, doesn't really matter where you work, you will know exactly what I mean when I say there is a big gap between what you learned at university, what you were taught and what you actually need to know to survive as a new grad physio. Working with Real patients, those patients that walk through your door, is very different to treating your classmates during those seminars you had or when you were a student on on placement. As a qualified practitioner, whether that's you're a sports rehabber, sports therapist or a, or a physio, once you qualify, you can't hide behind that sort of student cloak, as I call it, and that... I guess that cloak that you wore when you were a student and were still training allowed you to get things wrong and not be right all the time, which I guess is fair given you were still in training, still at university, still trying to learn. But once you qualify, you obviously get your registration through, qualification, qualification, etc. And you're a fully fledged physio, a sports rehabber or a sports therapist. So you're working in a clinic in the NHS, with a sports club, it doesn't really matter where you work, but you lose that cloak, and, and I guess you you lose that sort of bubble that you've got around you, which allows you to, to get things wrong, and your patient expects results, so your patients don't really care if you've just graduated, or you've been graduated 10 years, you know, they're paying their hard-earned cash to, to come and see you. You know, they waited on a waiting list for weeks and weeks and months and months uh, to actually see you. Or if you're dealing with athletes, they just want you to get them fit. They just want to get back on the pitch, be able to train and play as soon as possible. So as well as expecting results, you maybe don't have as long to try and work out what's going on. So you might have shorter treatment slots and assessment times than you would do 
typically when you're a student. And again, thinking around what it's like in real life compared to when you're on placement, you know, you've not got another therapist in the same room or just next door or sat outside writing their own notes like you would like you do when you have a clinical educator, that you can ask questions, you know, there and then, that you can ask for a second opinion, you know, someone looking over your shoulder, you know, all the time. You clearly don't have that when you're a fully qualified therapist. And in the main, you're going to be working one-to-one with a patient. You'll be working on your own. You're going to close that, that clinic door and you're on your own. And I do mean it when I say patients don't care. Again, they don't, in, in the main, care whether you qualified last year or 20 years ago. They just want you to tell them what's going on with their body, what's going on with their injury, why they're in pain, you know, how long it's going to take to fix them, how many sessions you need, and all those other really difficult and awkward questions that you are meant to know the answer to. And again, they're paying their own cash. They've waited so long to see you. They expect results, and that's a fact, regardless of the area where you work. So I know in, in sport, a lot of uh, practitioners that work in sport, and whether that's coaches, whether that's S&C you know, coaches, whether that's physios, whether it's managers or whoever it is um, they all talk about you being a results-based industry but that's ultimately what therapy is um, you know whether you work in a private practice setting sport or in the NHS um, our ability to get results is what we're judged on can you get your patient out of pain and get them back to to where they want to be or not that's a yes or no answer it's have you had a successful outcome or have you not it's a it's a results-based business we, we work in as a therapist and Linking that into low, the low back, this is one area that you need to be really hot on because back pain is the most prevalent MSK condition in the world. So some research, um, year on year, the World Health Organization puts out data in regards to um, recorded um, MSK problems and low back pain is always the top by, by an absolute mile. But the problem you've got is that university left you a little bit short in the sense you were taught some basic stuff, basic hands-on treatments, basic low back pain, rehab exercises that you can use with patients. And these work for some patients. They work for your more you know, run-of-the-mill um, back pain patient that comes in with some, maybe some mild back discomfort. Uh, that's not really affecting them too much. Um, like the textbooks told you at university, like university lecturers told you when you were still studying. But these sort of run-of-the-mill textbook cases don't really exist. And I'm sure if you've qualified, you already know that um, yourself. You know, I've been graduated now, what, 14 and a bit years? And I've never seen one of these cases. I've never seen one of these textbook low back pain patients. So if you find any, um, please just let me know. Um, because I would love to 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 hear what they um, what they're actually like. Because I've never never seen one in all the time that I've spent working in private practice and in sport. I never even saw anyone who was on placement, so I'm not sure they they do exist. But if you find one, um, please let me know. But to help you out, I've got three tips for you that are going to help you make sense of lower back pain patients, even more complex patients. And even as a new grad physio with little experience treating lower back pain. So number one, might sound super simple, but the reason it's so important might be something you've not thought about before, but it's to rule out red flags early. So clearly you want to do that to make sure your patient is in the right place. 
to make sure that there isn't something sinister going on that you need to refer them on quickly. And the first thing I would say is that 99% of patients with lower back pain and neck pain is the same, do not have a sinister problem. It's rare. And I think the way that we're taught this at university worries therapists. It worried me when I was a new grad. I was thinking every patient that came in to see me, I was worried first and foremost that they had something sinister going on. And it was almost, I had to test everything um, in my power and ask them every single question in the world um, about their lower back pain, just so I could be confident to, to rule that out. And yes, that is important. We need to ask the right questions to rule out these sinister problems. That's why we have these red flag questions as part of our subjective assessment. And clearly there's tests objectively we can do if we're querying um, certain problems. But one of the, the big things and why it's so important for you as a new grad is, is it's going to settle your nerves. Because like I say, 99 out of 100 patients, probably more, um, 99 point something out of 100 patients, are not going to have red flag symptoms. You know, they're, they're, they're not going to answer yes to the questions that you're you're worried about. Sometimes they, they'll say yes to, um, you know, having uh, neural symptoms, for example, that, but that's not a red flag symptom. If you actually look at what, what red flag symptoms actually are, again, there is some confusion with a lot of therapists, particularly new grads, in regards to what is actually a, a positive um, red flag actual answer. But the thing is, if you can rule out red flags and you can do this early in the assessment, so towards the start of your subjective assessment, it helps settle your nerves as the therapist. It helps settle you down to know that, you know, I'm pretty confident here that I've not got a patient that's got sinister problems. And then you can almost feel um, a weight of, you know, pressure come off your, off your shoulders because you know that your patient's not got something sinister going on. So rule out red flags early. The second um, tip I want to give you is to, to put your patient in a bucket. So what I mean by that is, um, I teach this um, in, in a lot more detail in my new graph physio membership. And I, and I teach a therapist that I work with to in terms of helping them with their rehab and helping them as to what to focus on, which again can be a be difficult thing to do when your patients, like they do with low back pain, have you know more complex symptoms. They'll often have you know loads of different movements that aggravate them, loads of different positions that aggravate them, and again, they don't fit that sort of textbook pathology um, that we're we're expecting or we've been taught that's it's going to walk through the door. So, in terms of putting a patient into a bucket, your aggravating and easing factors are going to be really helpful. To help you to do that so what i mean by a bucket you're either going to put your patient in a flexion bucket or an extension bucket and there's a bit more to it than this but but um in a simplistic way whatever aggravates them the most i.e is it more flexion based activities and positions and postures or is it extension related activities positions and postures is going to tell you which bucket they're going so if more flexion based things um, aggravate them more, they'll go in the flexion bucket. If extension-based you know, movements, positions, postures aggravate them more, they'll go in the extension bucket. And, and why this is important is because then it helps you to, to focus your attention on the right rehab. So then again, rather than trying to you know, 
trying to fix loads of different problems. You know, they've got pain into flexion, extension, side flexion, rotation. You try and fix all these problems and you get yourself in a, in a bit of a pickle. It's really going to help you to, to direct your rehab on the right problem. And again, if you've got a patient that's in your flexion bucket, um, you're largely going to do rehab that's going to take them more into extension and, and vice versa. So again, something super simple. And even if your patient has more you know, symptoms in more than one direction, they have symptoms, for example, into flexion and extension, um, there'll typically always be one that's, I guess, more uh, of an aggravating position, posture or movement than the other. So again, focus on that one. And the final tip is to really focus on one thing at a time. So I designed, built, and I teach this again within the New Graph Physio membership, my six-step rehab planner. And this helps you know, to plan and helps you to progress patients from A to B, from injury right at the start, back through to a successful discharge and getting your patient back to whatever it is they want to do. But not only that, it helps you to prioritise what rehab you're focusing on and stop you trying to treat everything. So again, there are six steps to the rehab planner and the idea being the, the primary focus at any step of the rehab planner, whichever step you are at, is one thing. You've got a primary focus for that section of the rehab you know, plan. You can tell your patient, this is exactly what we're focusing on right now. This is why I want you to do these specific rehab exercises because this is what we're trying to fix up now. Once we've done this, this is what we're going to move on to next, and that's what this is what that's going to look like. So again, focusing your attention on one thing, particularly with patients with lower back pain that often have more than one problem, often more than one problem that you actually need to fix up. Again, is really really important. It keeps you on track. It keeps you honest. It keeps you and your patient doing the right things at the right time so just to summarize rule out red flags early put your patient in a bucket a flexion bucket or an extension bucket and focus on one thing only at any time hope that's helped but if you do want to know more about lower back pain and learn what does really work with real patients in the real world that are suffering with all different types of, of lower back pain then do not miss my upcoming lower back pain webinar. Whoop, webinar. Uh, three simple strategies to help you make sense of lower back pain so you feel confident treating even complex cases. The webinar is just 45 minutes long, but it's packed full of help and actionable advice, including the vital red flag question you need to ask every patient to rule out serious lower back pain pathology so you can determine sinister problems and those patients needing quick onward referral. I'm going to show you a simple tactic to help you differentially diagnose low back pain patients without having to complete complex special testing. And I'm also going to show you how to ensure that you're treating the right lower back pain problem and what to do if your patient is not in so what this webinar is going to do is going to help you fill in all the blanks, all the things that university did not teach you about low back pain. I use a case study in the webinar which will help you to make sense of low back pain so you can see how this stuff works in real life with real patients. It's a real life case study, it's not a textbook um, case. So you can see, look over my shoulder and look what I you know, actually 
do and it's a bit of an insight into you know what I teach in the, in the membership as well in terms of you know how therapists can can take what they learn and actually apply it to real patients because that's what um, CPD my eyes is is helping you to become better at what you do in your day job as a as a therapist regardless of the the area um, you work and I just want to give you more knowledge but I also want to give you the confidence um, that you can clinically reason what you're doing um, so you can get better you know more um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for a more consistent um, positive patient results with your patients with lower back pain so this free training three simple strategies to help you make sense of lower back pain so you feel confident treating even complex cases is going live on Monday the 12th of February 2024 at 7:30 p.m that's UK time please note I will not be making a recording or a a replay of this uh, webinar available after the event um, unless you're of course you're in my my membership there is a limit on how many numbers the software actually allows you know me to um, to teach to and actually the limit on how people can actually register so please move quickly to secure your seat you'll get a CPD certificate just for showing up just for turning up on the, the evening I will be staying on at the end to answer any questions so if you again you do have any questions I can answer them live on the night I'll post a link to register in the show notes so please just head there now click on the link and I will see you there if for any reason you've missed the webinar you listen to this podcast after the 12th of February 2024 then please head to newgraphphysio.com forward slash membership the webinar will be available inside the membership if it's something that you really need to see you really want to see then apply and see if you suit for the membership and then obviously you can get inside and take a look at this special training so thanks as always for your time and attention join me on the um, free training i'm sure you will enjoy it i know you'll take a lot away from it and i will see you then thanks for listening to the new grad physio podcast before you head off i just wanted to make sure you did not miss this alongside his podcast Andy posts a weekly blog on his website, www.newgradphysio.com. You can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent PDF, The Five Breakthrough Steps to Confidently Treat the Shoulder Right Every Time, Avoid Mistakes and Stop You Feeling Less Adequate Than Other New Grads. This is Andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you. To get a copy of this PDF or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.